That's crazy that we're at the end of the term. I want to invite a, a couple people up, actually, if Abigail can head up to here. Oh, she's right here. And then Hallie, I want you to pray for us. Give it up for Hallie. She's back from uh, nursing school. Hallie was here four years, house cares manager the last couple years, and then she's in Baltimore at nursing school, and I asked her to pray for the night, and you can say anything you want to if you want. I hear people have to sit on the ground some weeks here, so that's really awesome, but like, um, I guess if I could say one thing to you guys, it would just be to really enjoy what you have right now, because I moved over to Maryland, East Coast, and it's just a di different atmosphere over there, and you don't realize like how you take for, for granted just being surrounded by Christian community like this and just what a blessing it is and how you can learn and grow together. So that would be my biggest like awesome. encouragement. Yeah. Can you pray for us okay. tonight? Yeah. Dear Lord, I just um, thank you so much for this group of students, God, and just for Chad as well, Lord. And just um, it's so exciting to hear about the growth that they've had, Lord, and that they just are committed to coming each week and just going deeper in the word together, Lord. I just pray for friendships, Lord, and um, that you will just uh, give relationships that last farther than these four years that they're in school, Lord. And I just pray that um, you'll just light the fire under real lifers and just that they continue to invite people. It continues to grow, Lord. And I just um, pray for Chad and the message he's going to give tonight, Lord, and that you will just um, bless these students and just also give them safe travels as they all um, head home or are here for the holiday, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Can you hear me? Sweet. All right. I'm going to start this off with a question because God gave me the opportunity. All right. Raise your hand if you like waffles more than pancakes. <laughs> All right. Put them down. Pancakes more than waffles. All right. Now raise your hand if you don't like either. Leaders, that's your prayer group right there. <laughs> so you guys' eyes is wide open when you put it up. <laughs> like twice if you're okay. <laughs> um, I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, and a smart thing that God put on my heart this term was to attend the Break Every Chain group at Calvary Corvallis, 7 p.m. Monday night. I highly recommend you guys look into it as someone who struggled with a lot of addictions. It's been really awesome, and people have been going, and they don't have addictions, and they just want to grow stronger in their faith, so I highly recommend going. It's super cool. Um, I grew up Christian, and I didn't take it seriously until I had enough of living a life without God. And for a period of my life, I completely denied God. I went from this open-minded, coexist drug addict that never knew which parking lot she was going to wake up in, someone who was annoyed and uncomfortable any time the Bible was brought up, until one day I couldn't handle anything, life, my family, myself, and finally as I was crying in a beat-up Subaru telling God, I know you're real, you can make paintings out of disasters, fix me, I'm a mess. And I rededicated my life to Christ. And he was like, go to Oregon. And I was like, no! <laughs> Okay, fine. So to Oregon City I went, and fast forward, two crazy cool years. Now I'm someone who's going to school, repairing relationships, someone who still struggles but is pursuing God and learning about what it means to have a relationship with him. Someone now who's open to talking about the Bible to everyone around me. And it's not some serious moment where I put my hand on their shoulder, and I'm like, death comes like a thief in the night. Let me tell you about Jesus. Like, it's totally random. I'm like, dude, there's a talking donkey in the Bible. Can I tell you about it? And my classmates are like, Okay, yeah, go for it. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> and a recurring lesson in my walk with God is that I am not in control. And it's head knowledge, right? When I wasn't a Christian, of, of course I thought I was in control. But when I rededicated my life to Christ, I was having a hard time with having God lean me. He got me out of some pretty tough spots, and I rejoiced when he did. But when the feel good feelings started to go away, that's when the real work had to begin. Because 
that's when it was the easiest not to rely on God. So how has my turn been going? Uh, week zero, a friend of my family died of a heart attack. Week two, my aunt died in her sleep. Week three, a friend of mine back in Colorado attempted suicide. And my prayer life and Bible devotion just went to a few small words to God. And after a weekend funeral trip on week five, I come back and I'm just a max and I'm a returning college dropout. So academically, it's been a struggle as well. And during this quarter life crisis, I called up a really good friend of mine. I said, I can't stop crying. My poor health professor looks so concerned. What do I do? And she's like, have you prayed? And let me tell you those short, like, God, you know what's up. Help me. Amen. All right, got to go. Prayers were not what I needed. <laughs> Psalm 66, 17, for I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. And during the phone call, my friend prayed for me and encouraged me to attend the Monday night group. And I cried in front of everybody that night as I told them what I was going through. It was a hard thing to show up knowing I had to be vulnerable, but it was the encouragement I needed to spend time with God. And later that night, I got home and prayed and I did my best to praise him as I spoke. My perspective of God started to change since my prayers had changed and my Bible reading became more consistent. I began to understand and realize who he is, even if at times I forget how great and powerful he is. It's been very healing, and because of that, <laughs> I stepped out more. Even if my face gets absolutely red from embarrassment, I've made many friends since, and I made so many strangers laugh, and I get to hear their stories, and I've had more opportunities to talk to people about God and even share my own stories. So my testimony tonight is a reminder that God is in control and everything he calls you to do, he will equip you for. Because he's not looking for perfect, let's be honest. If he was, none of us would be here. But he's just looking for willing, someone willing to say yes. That's so good. Great job, great job. Thank you. Uh, so good. Well, we're so glad you're here. It's hard to believe that we've only known you a few weeks, but um, man, radical story of God's just um, faithfulness and pursuit, and um, man, I feel like you could have taught tonight's sermon, too, that some of that stuff you didn't even know is going to be uh, in there about prayer and stuff, but man, I'm excited for tonight. It's hard to believe that this is week nine, and we are going to finish the book of James tonight, and it's hard to finish it because I really like this book. I don't know if you guys have been enjoying our journey through James um, you can lift up your hands if you need a Bible, and some of these guys down here will get you a Bible. Um, we'd love for you to have the scriptures in your hand. Uh, you can also open up your phone or whatever you want to, to um, read along with us. I'll have some of the verses up too, but it's just something powerful about reading the scriptures yourself and having it in your hand and uh, just kind of tracking with us that way. Uh, like I said, we've been studying through James. Uh, James... We kind of said this every week, but I'm going to say it again, that it shows what it looks like to be a person of faith in real time. You know, I love this book because James doesn't mess around. He, he lays it out black and white. And often, you know, it's, it actually makes my job as a teacher, I feel like, of the scriptures um, a lot easier. Because I feel like some nights I could just get up here and read this and just read the passage and just sit down. And then just let you guys respond uh, to, to the word of God. And so... I think that's what we're going to do tonight, um, although I have some things to say, too. Um, I think uh, it's just a powerful text. You know, I love that James, he doesn't just give us thoughts or theories, but he gives us practical steps, too. And, and the whole goal is um, transformation. Like, that's the whole reason God's given us his scriptures and his spirit is, man, he doesn't want to just leave you as you are when you find Jesus. Man, he wants you to continue to grow and be transformed from the inside out. So you could turn to James 5, 7. That's where Scott left off last week. That's where we're going to pick up. 
How many of you guys have watched the Rocky movies? Yeah, the Italian Stallion, yeah, great, great. I love those movies. The uh, reason I bring that up is I feel like Rocky, he always gets stronger uh, as the movie goes along or as the fight goes along. He gets stronger and stronger as it goes along. And um, I kind of feel like that's where James is kind of, he, you feel like the letter's supposed to end, but he's still just like, you know, throwing hail make, you know, haymakers and just, you know, just trying to just still just encourage and exhort. And so I think it's just a, a good thing for us tonight to just take in. Uh, you know, one thing about the scripture and, and passages in general like this uh, is it's challenging and it's convicting. Uh, I love that about scripture. That's what scripture is meant to be. The Bible's meant to be challenging and convicting. It calls us to a place that we are not yet. And I think that sometimes we, we get offended. We read a scripture and we get offended or, or, or we... But sometimes let's, let's even tonight, right before we open the scriptures, let's just ask God to just allow us to have our, our defenses down and just, just to listen to maybe God has something he wants to speak to you tonight and not, not to get so quickly offended, but maybe to ask like, what, why is this thing kind of just getting under my skin a little bit? Maybe God is showing you something instead of just getting offended or, or just pushing it aside and dismissing it. Maybe ask um, that God would uh, show you uh, why. And so we're just going to take a deep breath. You know, just, you know, some of this text, like I said, I've been wrestling with it the last couple of days as I've been preparing to teach, and, and it's, like, it's hard, you know, it's convicting, and, and so we just want to take a deep breath, and I'm just going to lead us in a prayer, and I just want to challenge you, just pray the best you know how to just open your life to his truth right now, and that he would speak to you. God, we do just uh, want to pause one more time and just ask, as we open up your scriptures, would you illuminate it to us um, just in powerful ways? Any area of our life, God, we give you permission uh, to just put your finger on it and correct, to rebuke, to encourage. God, if we need a hug tonight, would you just hug us as we read your word? Um, Yeah, just the best you know how, just say, God, I'm open. I'm open to hearing and receiving. Just take take a second to do that. And then also, if you could, just, just pray for me even as I bring the message and the scriptures that, that I'd just be a, his vessel tonight. If you'd pray for me, that'd be awesome. Yeah, God, we just want to hear from you tonight. That's why we gather, and it's exciting. So we give you glory for what you're going to do. Amen. Amen. So you can, again, turn to James 5, 7. I'm going to start reading in verse 7 there. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain? You also be patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endured. You have heard of perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Verse 12, but above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. So we're going to kind of look at three sections of these, these last you know, verses 7 through 20, we're going to break it down into three sections. And the first one we're going to look at is this idea of patient, patiently per, persevering. 
Uh, that, that's what we're going to look at here. And, and um, uh, first, look down at verse 7 again. It says, therefore. He's starting this section uh, with therefore. And, and if you guys have been a part of real life before, what, is, what are you supposed to ask when there's a therefore? Yeah, what's it there for? So he says, therefore, be patient, brethren. So we're asking. So James is just saying in light, he just addressed at the beginning of chapter 5, he, James addressed judgment that will come against the ungodly rich at the beginning of the chapter. He just kind of addressed this idea of like having the, the, this ungodly view of riches. And ultimately, oppression will be overcome. And God will make things right. But for now, what he's talking about here, what we're going to talk about in this section for now that we're to be patient and wait for the coming of the Lord. Uh, we're not to get caught up in worrying about temporal things. That's the transition he's making. We, he was talking about being um, consumed. Like most of our worries, if, if we're honest with ourselves, and, and my, myself included, uh, is often just temporal things. Things that in the, in the light of reality, or the reality, I should say, of eternal life, uh, really don't matter. But for some reason, our... our uh, minds and our, our, our thoughts and our affections can get caught up on temporal things. But he's saying, man, let's be patient as we wait on the Lord and let's not get caught up in things uh, that are out of our control and things that don't really matter. So James is speaking about having perseverance in this section. And, and another word for that is endurance. You might have heard that life's, life's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, I love what Scott said last week. Scott, if you were tracking with him last week, he he did uh, the last section, uh, but he was saying that, man, I don't really care what, sh- you know, like your walk looks like in one year or one month, I should say, then one year or two years or five years. Like what, what we care about is like, how's your walk with Jesus in 25 years from now? Like, are you still walking with Jesus? And, and that's that concept, man, life's a marathon. It's not a, it's not a sprint. And how can we make it? Like, that's the question. And I think we're going to kind of see that tonight and through the scriptures. But, but how do we make it? I, I'd say one way is to stay connected to Jesus. Like be rooted and established in Christ. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great start um, for, for following Jesus uh, for life. Because every day there's a million reasons to quit. There's a million things saying that you, don't, uh, you shouldn't follow the Lord anymore. You should quit. But, but man, there's something powerful about just keep showing up. Keep showing up to have time with the Lord every morning. Even if you don't feel like it, you know, no one wants to get up early. Everyone wants an extra couple minutes or five minutes of sleep. Man, it doesn't ever feel great. But the reality is, man, it's, it's, it'll, it'll change your life if you invest that time. And I think that's the, the principle here is that we just, man, show up to be with, you know, spend time with Jesus. Show up to community. It's so awesome you guys showed up on a Tuesday night right before Thanksgiving, you know, you could do other things. You could head home early, or I don't know what your plans are, but it's awesome that you're showing up, and that's, that's huge is that you just keep showing up. That's, there's been studies that showed, or, or actually it wasn't a study showed. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. But my friend, he was interviewing someone uh, that had been in ministry for a long time, and he was just asking, outside of like your walk with Jesus, obviously Jesus is what you know, keeps us anchored, but w- what advice would you have for someone that's newer into ministry or just you know, beginning their career of some sort? And he said, just show up, you know, spend time with Jesus and just show up to community, show up to small groups, show up and be investing in other people's lives. Uh, and that's what keeps you moving forward and maturing in Christ. And ask for strength, too, and pray. Uh, let's look down at verse 7 also, the, the second part of 7. It says, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently. And so 
he uses this picture, James does, of a farmer. Uh, and in that part of the world, they depended on the early and the late rain for a crop to see, be successful. And like here in the Willamette Valley, we don't really have, you know, an issue with getting rain. You know, we have an issue with moss and lots of it. Uh, but like rain's not an issue. But in the ancient Near East where this is kind of being written is... Uh, um, it, it was, they were dependent on an early and a latter rain. And, and ultimately, the farmer would just, he would till the he would do a lot of work. He would till the field. He would sow the seed. But ultimately, the Lord would bring the increase. Whether there was going to be a harvest or not, it was out of his control. And so he showed up, and he did his part, but yet he, he was ultimately just dependent upon the grace of the Lord uh, to bring the rain. So too, though, for us, we are called to follow Jesus by faith and wait for him. Uh, to bring the increase and, and wait for him to return. Um, and, and we're not talking about works, like we're not talking about doing more works to earn, our, earn favor with God. We're talking about stewardship. Like we're to, we're to be stewarding the gifts he's given us, the resources he's given us, and, and be on mission with him while you're a student, while you're working your job, while you're uh, you, you know, in the middle of here and now or waiting for that next step, is that we're just to be showing up and we're to be stewarding the gifts he's given us. Look at verse 8. You also be patient, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So again, he says, be patient. The reality is, is no one knows when Jesus will return. If you ever hear someone says that, run the other direction. Like, they don't, we don't know. Like, we don't know, but he is coming back. That is promised, and that is for sure, that he will return. And, and what he's talking about here in Scripture is that we're to be ready. And what we're going to look at here in the next verse 8, 9, 10, 11 uh, is that not only that we're to be ready, but, but James, he's encouraging us, be ready, but he's also given us some tools. He's given us a few things that, man, we can, we can tuck away in our tool belt to, to help us to be ready for, to, for when the Lord does return, that we would always be ready to give an account um, at, at when he returns. Um, so look down at verse 8. What's one way to, to, to be ready? Um, uh, is to establish your hearts. That's what he says. Establish your hearts. Or another way of saying that is strengthen your hearts. Or, or you know, another way of saying that is be rooted in Jesus. You know, how, how do we get established? Is, man, we go deep. And we, we don't forget our hope. Like those that are in Christ, those that have put their faith in Christ are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And, and we have something that the world's dying for. We have the life and the love and the hope of Jesus. And the world doesn't even know that's what they're missing. They're filling that hole in their life that his love and his life would just infiltrate if they would allow it with other things, thinking that that's, you know, that's what's going to fulfill them, but that's not what's going to fulfill them. And so let root our lives in Jesus. Man, that's how we establish our hearts. Romans 8.25 says, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And so just this idea of, man, man, our hope is in the return of Jesus. He's going to come back for his church. And, and if you put your faith in it, you know that. You've been established. You, you experience that joy, that peace that comes from putting your faith in it. It doesn't mean that life's easy. It doesn't mean that everything's figured out. But, but you know that you know that you know that, like, man, God's got you. And you can... Um, eagerly await and anticipate his return. Verse 9. Another thing he gives us here is, he says, 
James says, do not grumble. I mean, that's another way to be, to be ready. And, and, you know, this idea of grumbling does not produce patience or um, perseverance. And so in this section, we're talking about patience and perseverance. Like, you're not going to get that when you're grumbling. And it's amazing how much in my life, if I, well, as I'm studying this, and so this is probably the most convicting verse um, in my entire study for tonight, for me, is I just realized, man, I grumble a lot. And it's not always verbally. You know, uh, my wife can usually tell if I'm, you know, kind of, you know, upset about something or it's like, but, but sometimes it's just, it's how I carry it. And, and, and um, it's just super convicting. Um, you know, something about grumbling, I was, I love this. It directly communicates to the Lord. Listen to this. Grumbling directly communicates to the Lord. I don't like what you are doing in my life. And if I were you, I'd do it differently. I read that today. I was like, dang, that's, that's convicting. Like, I'm going to read that one more time. Grumbling, this is what it communicates to the Lord. I don't like what you are doing in my life, and if I were you, I'd do it differently. And that's what grumbling sometimes is indirectly. We're just basically taking control and saying, okay, God, like, this is what I would do. And you must not be hearing me or doing it differently, and I don't like that. Uh, Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without grumbling. Uh, grumbling and complaining, um, uh, I love looking back at the Old Testament. You know, grumbling and complaining uh, kept Israel in the desert, wandering the desert, the wilderness, for 40 years when it should have taken them 11 days to the promised land. So that means, I did the math today, that means they spent 14,589 extra days getting to the promised land because they grumbled and complained. And that's just amazing. And I know two people, like Caleb and Joshua, man, they... They wanted to, to, to just go for it, and they wanted to see uh, God's deliverance, and they, they believed God had given them the promised land. But the other ten spies, they grumbled and complained and said they, that we couldn't do it, and they turned the whole nation uh, against uh, Moses and, and Caleb and Joshua uh, before the Lord intervened. And so, man, grumbling has implications, and we miss out on blessing. We miss out on blessing. Um, God's, God was gracious to them, though. You know, some people will be like, how is that God's grace that they wandered the desert for 40 years? Well, in other parts of the Bible, like when people like went against God, he just opened up the earth and swallowed them up, you know. Like, and so, you know, they got 40 years of grace, you know. So in, in one sense, God was gracious. He was slow to anger. Uh, but they missed out on the promised land. A whole generation missed out on a promised land because they're, they're grumbling. Uh, I wanted to point out a couple things. I, I was, as I was researching and studying about grumbling even, there was three things that kind of stood out to me. Grumbling poisons our attitude. We kind of talked about that already. Uh, the second thing grumbling does, it poisons others' attitudes. And I kind of mentioned what uh, the nation of Israel with Caleb and, and Joshua, like it poisoned the whole nation turned against. With 10, there was 12 people that went and spied out the land. Two came back with positive report, 10 with negative, and the whole nation was turned, on, uh, you know, turned to the 10 people that said, there's no way we can do this. Um, and so, and then the third thing grumbling does, it implies we don't trust God. And again, this is that convicting, like, man, if I'm grumbling, I'm often putting myself as God in my life and saying, this is what I need. And we don't even know the implications of what we're asking. Um, he's God, he's infinite, and we're not. So, here's a thought for us. How often, and this is for me too, how often do I grumble about politics? We just had an election. Anyone grumble about politics? Uh, you know, your parents, some of you, you're not parents yet. I'm a parent now, um, but uh, you will be a parent someday. But, man, right now, you know, you might grumble about your parents and, 
and what they did or didn't do uh, for you. You grumble about school, you know, just, you know, how many of you are ready for finals? Yeah, you know, two of you are ready, that's great. Um, the other 198 of you are not. Um, so, but yeah, just this idea we grumble, uh, uh, inflation or, or just driving tonight, you know, or here, uh, you know, roommates, we grumble about roommates and, and drama and we grumble about Thanksgiving if it doesn't go the way, we, you know, the TV says it should go or, or the picture-perfect Hallmark, uh, you know, movie should go or, um, or maybe the, your favorite uh, stuffing was not done right or I don't know. Anyways, but the question is, what would it happen if we'd pray instead of grumble? That, that was what I was being convicted of today. If we prayed instead of grumble, I bet we'd have a different perspective on situations. And I think that's the one thing prayer does. It doesn't always, you know, like get us what we want. Like sometimes I think we think God's like a genie in a bottle or something. And if we just pray enough, then he's going to just do it for us. But it often will change our, our perspective. And also in situations, it'll give us wisdom. Like we already read in James 3, if we want wisdom that we should ask. Uh, James 1 says that too. And it says that he'll give liberally if we ask for wisdom. And then James 3 talks about seeking uh, heavenly wisdom, not earthly wisdom. And so, man, perspective can change uh, if we would pray instead of grumble. And another thing what would happen is as your perspective changes, instead of grumbling, you're going to think about, man, how can I glorify God in this situation? How can I bring you maximum glory in this situation? Because that's all really what your life should be about. Like ultimately, we were created to bring him glory. And sometimes we've made it too much. I love the thing Mark Spence, I think he said it every session, was like, it's not about you. Our life should not be about us. We spend so much time thinking about ourselves. And, and I'm pointing the finger at myself. I do this too. But it shouldn't be about me. It's about bringing God glory. And that's why he created me. And that's why he put me on this earth is to, to know him and bring him glory uh, to the rest of the world. And then also we see, so the, the first two was establish your hearts, don't grumble, uh, look to the prophets. That's something in verse 10. He says, another way that we can know, uh, that we can endure and that we can be ready is that we look to the prophets. Like uh, Hebrews 11, if you guys just want a cool chapter just to read uh, over Thanksgiving, it's a great way to be thankful is just look at the prophets. Look at the Old Testament uh, men and women of faith and what they endured and what they went through. And many of them were promised things that they never saw, but they went to the grave believing that God was going to do it. That God, Abraham didn't have, you know, a, 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 a offspring, and then God uh, provided him offspring, but before, like, and, and he said he was going to be a great nation, uh, and he never saw that, that the great nation come about, but he believed God, and God said that because he believed him, um, he was uh, righteous by that faith. Um, and so, man, it's so powerful to look at the Old Testament, to look at the prophets, to look at men and women of old. Hebrews 11 is a great chapter. It's called the Hall of Faith. Um, you know, many of Men and women suffered as they waited. And we're talking about perseverance here. And to be ready is, man, it's so good to learn from other people's story. That's why Abigail and different people have shared. Every week we've had a student share it. Man, you're not alone. Many of our struggles can be listed up here. And all of us could probably say at one time or another, like, I've been there too. I've struggled with that too. And so it's so important to, to look to the Old Testament, look to the New Testament, look to the leaders around us. Um, you know, Job, they, we, we see that in Scripture here. Uh, they're going to talk about that in, in James 5. He lost everything, yet God was with him. And something I've been really encouraged by, by looking at the prophets and looking at different, like the Jeremiah's, the Job's, is, man, the prophets had some grit. Like, they, man, they were, 
they were just like willing to like follow God and they didn't see. Like sometimes I think people think like, oh, if, if I just, you know, lived you know, like the disciples and I walked with Jesus, man, I would just believe. It'd be so easy to believe. And it's like, well, a lot of his disciples turned his back on him. Like, is that really the case? Um, and, but yet we see in the Old Testament, many a, a, of the followers of God, just like they really just believed. And there was times that they, they struggled, but yet they just, when it, you know, rubber met the road, they were just like, man, I just believe. I'm going to follow you. As for me and my house, we're going to follow the Lord, Jeremiah says, or Joshua, sorry. Um, so, man, just this grit, this idea, look at the prophets. Um, and just want to encourage you, the prophets also, they, they encourage us to hang in there, to keep going. You know, some of you, like, you might be thinking, you know, as we're getting to the end of the term, we're kind of rounding, you know, third base, heading for home. And I'm just here to encourage us, man, you, you know, keep going. Don't just, you know, when the term gets over, just go home and veg for a month because um, that's what you have. You guys get a month break. How cool is that? Um, but, man, like press in to community. Press in to seeking the Lord. This is the best time of your life to grow in relationship with God. Uh, keep pursuing him. Keep, you know, head for home. Keep going, you know, keep going. Keep spending time uh, with the Lord. Don't let uh, that love die as you head home for the breaks. And I want to also just, just point out here, like, we're looking to the prophets for examples. You know, they went, they had grit, and, and they went through some hard stuff. And I'm not trying to minimize. I never try to minimize your story. Like, I don't know what you're going through. Like, I don't. Uh, I know that God sees you, and God, um, he wants to, or he is there for you if you'd reach out to him. Um, and I know some of you are going through hard stuff, and I know some of you are going home for Thanksgiving. It's not going to be easy. You know, you might have multiple Thanksgivings because of the divide, you know, a split home, or I don't, I don't know what you're going through. Um, but I do know that God loves you, and I do know that, like, we can look to the men of old for encouragement. Um, and, and the scriptures, God, prom- his promises are true yesterday and forever. Look at verse 11. And then we see another thing. So look, look to the prophets, and then rest in the Lord's mercy. The Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Look at uh, Psalms 145. It says, the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. And so just this, this concept that James, he's pulling from other scriptures. You can, you can just tell uh, the things that he's saying aren't new concepts. But they're so important for us to be ready for God's return is that, man, we're resting in his mercy. I think sometimes we forget the grace of God. Maybe if you walked with the Lord a long time, like I grew up in the church, and sometimes I took grace for granted. And I didn't realize, like, and I had to re-encounter the love of God through just uh, spending time with him and just also looking in a mirror and realizing how broken I still am. Like, I'm a broken person, even as a pastor. I'm broken. And yet I know that if I come to the Lord in my brokenness, that he's compassionate, he's merciful, and he's slow to anger, and he's rich in love. And so some of you need to hear that tonight, that, man, you might have messed up this weekend, but, man, God, he's pursuing you. He wants time with you. He wants to be there for you. He wants to forgive you and to pursue him. Come back. Meet him. And then verse 12, we want to look at the last thing, that, be, that we're to be a man and, or a woman of character. Our words and actions should match our faith. You know, James has talked about being a doer of, of the word, um, letting our, our faith uh, be an example um, in our actions uh, too. And so, um, yeah, just to be, a, let our yes be yes and to not swear, you know. And like, you know, he's referring back to the tongue. He talked about in James chapter 3, you know, 
The tongue can be do hor- the, the tongue can pray and praise God and do amazing things, but it can also tear down and, and we can groan and we can uh, complain and we can uh, uh, swear and, and, and lose our witness by not being a man or woman of character. So those are four examples he gives us right there in the scriptures of man, how to be ready. Uh, for, for the, the return of the Lord and how to, how to in the here and now to have patience. Let's move on to verse 13 through 18. And just look at how many times he says to pray. And that's the section we're going to talk about, pray and praise. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any, anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over them or pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer and faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So we see prayers in there seven times, just right there in this little section. And so we're going to talk briefly about prayer. Pastor Rob's actually coming next week. We're going to have a worship night next week, which is really awesome. Excited for that. We've been so blessed uh, at Real Life to have so many students leading us in worship. Uh, just, man, so blessed and excited for that next week. We're going to have a worship night for Dead Week. And then Rob's going to get, share about 15 minutes uh, where he's going to actually open up more in, on uh, verses 16 and 18. So we're, we're going to kind of skim through that a little faster but I'm excited. Pastor Rob, he reached out to me. He said he had a special word he wanted to share with you guys. So come back next week for that. Um, but yeah, verse, I love verse, or I don't love it, but verse 13 says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. And, and just just point out the obvious, at some point in your life, you will suffer. Like that's maybe sounds obvious to some of you, and maybe some of you are like, I don't, I've never suffered a day in my life, but be encouraged. I'll be a motivational speaker on that. You will suffer. Um, but uh at some point, you're going to face trial. There's going to be something that you're going to come to the end of yourself and just be like, what's going on? Why, God? Help me. Um, and so what we want to see in this section, verse 13 through 18, the principle here is the life of a Christian should be marked by prayer and praise. The life of a Christian should be marked by prayer and praise. Uh, if you, you know, it's saying right there, clearest day, if you're physically sick, what are we to do? Pray. If you're spiritually sick, pray. What do I mean by spiritually sick? Man, if you are realizing that you're, you, you've missed the mark, and we all have. That's, that's, that's the definition of sin, is miss, the one that misses the mark. And we've all missed the mark. We all fall short. It's like, so if we're spiritually sick, then we're, we're to ask for prayer. So physically sick, pray. Spiritually sick, pray. If you're cheerful, praise. You know, it's like pretty, I love that about James. It's like, it's not rocket science, like, you know, it's not cryptic, you know, just if we'd read this and, and apply it, like if there's needs in your life, just humble yourself, raise the white flag, and ask for prayer, ask God, be direct, um, and that's what I think he's trying to say here, as we face trials, we are encouraged to be authentic, and ask people in, in the church, and that's why it's so important, he says, go to the elders, like, that's why it's so important to be in church community. So when you show up, people know who you are, and, and, and they know what you're going through. And, and you can be a part of something greater than yourself, and you can be a part of community. Now, is it messy? We talked about that week zero. 
Community can be messy. Like, there's brokenness in the church. The church gets a lot of bad rap because, you know, people are like, oh, there's a bunch of hypocrites there. That's true. There's a bunch of hypocrites in the world, too. Like, I mean, there's just, that's human nature. We fall short. We mess up. But be committed to a, a, a multi-generational church community and start in college so that when you leave, there's no college ministries out there when you're in the workforce, but you know how to plug in and be invested in and invest in a church. Look at verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Uh, so one thing I wanted to point out, I, this is the, kind of, my, I'm going to talk a little bit about confession. Partially because my first, I grew up in the church and my first retreat I ever went on was the first time I saw bros just being authentic. Like it was the first, it blew my mind. I was like, wait, you can talk about that? You guys are being that real? Is this, is this fake? No, this has got to be fake. This isn't. But it was like, it blew my mind that people were t- confessing sin and opening up about brokenness and, and, and hurt and pain from their past. And I think, I believe, personally, from that, watching that video tonight, that's why Fall Retreat, you know, some of you just had a powerful time. It is, I really believe that um, time was healing for some of you. Uh, and, and the reason I think it was healing was, I don't think it was uh, disconnected, but because of confession, because of authenticity in your cabin times and, and growing uh, with other people and, and confessing struggles and needs. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that you had a powerful time. I think it's because you were authentic and you uh, confessed. Um, and, and the reality is what I think you experience is what James 4, a couple weeks ago we looked at, James 4, 6 and verse 10 say, is that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then in verse 10, he says, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. And so this reality is, man, confession is powerful. Confession to God and confession to your brothers and sisters is so powerful. I don't think we really understand on earth what it does for our souls. But it is powerful. And that, and that, to me, outside of the groaning and complaining point, like this was probably the most powerful thing for me as I studied. Thinking about the students that had been impacted at college uh, in, in the name of Jesus through, through real life and small groups and other campus ministries, a lot of it had to do with when they got real and, and just were real about sin. Because that's what that word actually means. I don't know, in some translations it says, confess your trespasses, uh, but, but what it literally means, confess your sins, therefore, to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Some of you have not experienced the healing of God yet over a certain sin or, or, or stronghold in your life because you've not confessed it. And that, that hit home. That's hard because we want to keep things, you know, kind of like everything's good, everything's okay, and kind of on the back burner. But, like, if you want to see breakthrough... Like Abigail was saying about going to Monday night, like break every chain. That's kind of why it's called break every chain. Is like when we confess, when we open up, chains are broken. And, and your, your, your family history could be changed for generations by something that you confessed and you got right and you started living the way God created you to live and not with the baggage of the past. But some of that, that has to happen. You have to confess. You have to humble yourself so he can exalt you up. And something we want to learn about confession, and this is community. Man, we weren't meant to be alone uh, and go through life alone. 
and especially acting like we have it all, all together. You know, God sees you, and he wants a relationship with you. He also placed believers around you. He's put people around you, and sometimes we don't take, we don't, we take it for granted, like Hallie was saying earlier, is that we're to, man, we're, we're to fight for community. We're to, we're to be authentic. We're to open up, and we're to, to not take that for granted. So just, I think the point I'm trying to make here is, man, make needs known. Open up. Uh, prayer is a vehicle to give us heavenly wisdom. If we don't pray, if we don't confess things, if we don't pray, um, man, how are we going to know? We're, we're just going to be, we're, where's wisdom going to come from? It's going to come from just those around us and, and the earthly ethos of the day. Confession, really quickly, I want to look at a couple things about confession. It's the opposite of the world's wisdom. You know, a lot of the world would not say this, uh, but, but I think this is why God's word is so powerful. Confession brings authenticity. And what it does is it basically agrees with God that we're not perfect. So that's what's beautiful. Again, you want to see healing in your life, you get to a place and basically just acknowledge, God, I'm not perfect. And he's been saying that all along, but you're finally just saying, like, I can't do it. I need help. And um, look at these verses. This is in regards to confessing to God. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Man, like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I don't think there's anyone in this room who doesn't like experiencing mercy or grace. Like, if you, if you had a ticket and you just went, you know, you had to go to the courthouse for getting a ticket, driving a red light, and they just said, you know, it's, Thanksgiving. it's the day before Thanksgiving. We're just going to rip this one up. I mean, you're going to be like, woo, yeah. You know, it's not on my record. I don't have to pay more insurance. Like, I don't have to tell my parents, you know, like, why the insurance got, you know, whatever. But, like, that's grace, man. We love mercy. We love grace. And, and that's what Proverbs says is whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses for uh, and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Psalms 32, 3 through 5 says, When I kept silent, this is powerful psalm, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. That's what sin does. When we don't, unconfessed sin, like it just makes us waste away. And we just, you know, keep to ourselves and we don't want to let people in and we don't want to, we're afraid people would know if they knew the real us. They wouldn't, man, if you knew the real me, you would not show up here every week, you know. Like if you knew the things that are inside of me, like I, I mess up. I got, I got things that I got baggage. I'm broken. And, and that's what he's saying here. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy on me. And that, I, I think that's speaking of conviction. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. Then, he came to his senses, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. We see breakthrough. That's where breakthrough happens. Is conf- I mean, breakthrough when we confess and and another thing is like uh, some of us have prayed for revival and and as i've been studying about revivals that take place um, throughout history most of it starts with this generation 18 to 25 year olds falling on their knees and crying out and asking for forgiveness and confessing sin and repentance and like when brokenness often brings revival And, and when we start doing that individually that's how revival happens we can pray for revival but when we actually get on our you know, in our prayer closet and we get at home and we're just honest and we get on our faces and just say, God, I'm a wretched man. 
I'm a sinner. Save me. Continue to, to work in me. Uh, I want to be more like you. Um, and, and that's beautiful Psalm, Psalm 32. And then 1 John 1.19 says, If we confess our sins, to, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And again, if you might be here and you've never heard the gospel. The gospel is such good news. And that's the literal translation is good news. And, and it's simply put that, man, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and none of us can come near to God because we are sinners. Yet he sent his only son, Jesus, to, to pay for our sin and die a death uh, for our sin. So that now, if we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can come to God because God sees Christ in us. And now we are made right with God, and we can have a relationship with God. And so this passage might be for someone here tonight that's never heard the gospel. And it simply put is, if you put your faith in Christ, if you confess your sin, he is faithful, just, and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So that's the power of confessing to God. And really quickly, the, the power of confessing to others. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law. And I love this. Like, that's, that's what this community hopefully is. And, and if it's, you've not experienced that yet, man, I just want to challenge you. Keep showing up. Get in a small group. Get in community. So people can start bearing your burdens. In the Old Testament, we see Moses, uh, he had the burden of leading Israel. And there was a battle when he, uh, the nation of Israel went out to a battle, and, and Joshua was his lead general, and he was leading the battle. And, and as long as Moses kept his hands up in the air, the Israelites kept moving forward and winning. But over time, he was getting tired as the leader, and, and his arms would start going down. And, and then uh, her and um, Aaron raised up his hands, and they came alongside him, and they hold up his arms so the battle can continue to move forward. And I just think that's a picture um, of just what it means to actually, as we confess, as we bear one another's burdens, is we can hold each other's arms up. We can hold each other accountable. We can encourage each other because all, we've all uh, uh, sinned and struggled and, and messed up, and, and so we need each other to bear each other's burdens. And, and really quickly... It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, what's the law of Christ? Well, James 3, 13, or James, or, sorry, John 13, 3, 34 through 38 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And so this idea of confessing to others takes faith and humility. And that's what we're talking about here tonight. But if you want to run, like Scott was saying, for 25 years, 30 years, to the finish line following Christ, I think it's essential to part of following Jesus is confession, confessing our, our, our failures and, and confessing our need for prayer. Let's move on. Last couple of verses, and we'll end it right here. Right here. Uh, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that... He who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And I think it's powerful how James ends his letter that, uh, that we're to pursue others. And I think this is a great point and a great um, way to end a letter. Is just The reality is that God's placed you at OSU for a reason. Or in the, or in the, in the Willamette Valley, at LBCC, some of you are at. Uh, or in the Corvallis area, like God has placed you here for a reason. He wants to use your life to, influ to influence others with the truth. Like that's, 
man, he wants, it's so cool to think that the God of the universe, he doesn't need me, but he chooses to, and how he operates to use his children to, to be his hands and feet and to reach others on our campus and around us. And the plea here is if you see someone wandering or deconstructing their faith or, or whatever they're going through, man, go after them. Like, pursue them. They're in your life for a reason. You know, you can't change their mind. I, I talk to many students that we pray for, uh, you know, people that they're burdened for. And, man, you can't change their mind, but you can show up. You can spend time with them. You can keep loving them. And you can keep praying for them. Uh, one thing I'd ask and plead, and I think James is saying here too, is, man, don't, re- don't disregard them. You know, think about how you got to real life or how you, you know, found Jesus in, in high school or whatever. Probably someone, a lot of, you know, you, someone brought you. Someone reached out to you. And you might have said no a few times. And someone kept asking. And finally said, okay, I'll go. You know, but, man, be persistent. Statistically, this is a hard one. I, I mean, we're going to end on this. It's just, man, if we think of statistics, in a room this size, many of you will turn from your faith. And it's sobering to think of it that way. Um, and, and I'm pleading with you tonight as we finish James. Uh, and I think James is pleading with us throughout his epistle because he's talking to people that are being persecuted for their faith and are scattered throughout. Um, man, he's, he's pleading with them. Keep following Jesus. Like, don't give up. Endure through it all. Stay with it. God's worth it. If you fall, get back up. If you see brother or sister fall, go after them. And again, that's where we're going to end. The beauty of being a community with other believers is we know and can know each other's struggles, and we can encourage each other to keep going. Uh, So what we see in closing is, There's patience we see tonight. We see prayer and pursuing others. And all three of these, patience, prayer, and pursuing others, are essential to our growth as we wait for his return. And so I just want to challenge us, you know, God's not only wants, God doesn't only want to save our souls for uh, for eternity. He wants your faith to change your life right now. Like, he wants to see God moving in and through your life ask jesus like in this moment as we we i'm gonna invite the band up to uh, lead us in in some worship but i just want to ask you to ask jesus by his spirit to help you live out your faith with perseverance and to be a doer of the word like just in this time as we let's just set things aside and pray um If you're a follower of Christ, I just want to challenge you. Ask Jesus by his spirit to help you live out your faith with perseverance, with some grit. And if you're not a believer, I want to ask that you would just in this time consider Jesus. You heard the gospel. Consider his love for you. Consider surrendering your life to him. And if you've surrendered your life to him, just open up your life even right now and just say, okay, God, like, is there an area of my life that I need to still surrender? Is there things that I'm still just holding on to and not willing to say uh, it's yours? So let's pray. Yeah, God, we thank you for your scripture. We thank you for the book of James. And we pray that 
as James has pleaded many a times, that we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers. God, and I, I know there's a lot that we talked about tonight, but God, we, would you just show us if there's an area in our lives that we can apply something that was discussed tonight? God, that we wouldn't just go out here and like he says earlier in the scriptures, that like, like we look in a mirror and we forget what we look at. But God, as you've convicted us and as you've showed us things to surrender, if you've showed us things to confess or uh, areas to be more patient in and not groan and complain, God, would you allow us the strength to surrender those things and to, to be a doer and, and to walk those things out? Um, God, thank you that you're merciful and gracious and compassionate. And I, I just, as we're just ending our time in prayer, I just want to, if there's someone here tonight too, and, and you've never put your faith in Christ, like I never want, and I just want to encourage you, like just for all of you to know, like every week we just, we never want anyone ever to leave here without having the opportunity to get right with God. And, um, and maybe for all you to know that, just that, man, bring your unsaved friends here because like that's, our heart is that they would encounter the living God, that they would come to know Jesus. And if you're here tonight and you've never put your faith in Christ, we just want to give you an opportunity in this space to surrender your life to him. We believe that he will transform your life and, and he will change your life. And, and, and many of us can attest and give testimony of the goodness of God as we've experienced his grace, as he's... Uh, made us a new creation. Um, and so if you've never put your faith in him, I just want to ask you just to consider that and, and to, pl- to pray a simple prayer, just a, to, a prayer of confession to God. And, and just simply just, you can repeat after me, and just, it's not some magical prayer, but it's a heart posture of God. Man, I just confess that I'm a sinner. And I confess that my sin separates me from you. But I know because of Jesus' death on the cross, I can be forgiven. And I invite you into my life. I turn from my sin, Jesus. I I confess you, our Lord. Give me the strength to follow you. I surrender all. And and if you were here tonight and you prayed that, I just even want to ask you to, I know it's going to take some courage, but I just want to pray for you. And if you prayed that prayer and you you confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you put your faith in Christ for the first time, I just want to ask you to take a step of boldness. And no one's looking, but I just want to pray for you. Just would you raise up your hand and say, yeah, I prayed that. That was me. Can you pray for me? I want to I follow Jesus. Oh, that's awesome. Praise God, yeah. Is there anyone else that just said, man, I surrender. That's me tonight. God, we give you praise for, for those that raise their hands, God. We give you praise, and God, would you meet them in powerful ways, God? Would you draw them into the community? Would you uh, give them others to walk with. And God, thank you so much for that decision that was made tonight. God, we give you glory, and uh, it's so powerful. Um, And so just bless him in Jesus' name. Let's stand for worship.